0: Hello, hello loves, and welcome back to another episode of Living Wild. I'm your host, Lo, founder of the Living Wild Movement, creator of the Kali Masna Yoga Method, and just, if I'm being honest, all around badass and advocate for helping you reclaim the vital life force energy within so that you can co create the life of your wildest dreams. Now, if you're tuning in today, then you are going to be hearing the second part of a four-part series where we're doing a deep dive and unpacking the 12 laws of the universe. Now, like I said, this is part two. So in part one, which released last week, we covered uh, laws one through three, and these laws aren't necessarily in chronological or hierarchical order. It's just how they're being presented in the article that I'm referencing Um So it's not that like, these are all like, you have to master them in sequential order. Although I will say I would recommend mastering the first one that we covered in part one before anything else, because it kind of lays the foundation for everything else that we're discussing. So it would be rather beneficial for you to kind of lock that one in first, um, but not 100% necessary, I suppose. Um, So In part one, we covered the law of divine oneness, the law of vibration, and the law of correspondence. Now, today, we're going to cover the law of attraction, which I think is probably the most well-known law of the universe. However, while it might be well-known, it's, I think, very widely uh, misunderstood. So we're going to talk about that one then we're going to go on to the law of inspired action. And we're going to wrap up with the law of perpetual transmutation of energy. And then in next week's episode, we're going to go over the next three. And then the last episode, we'll go over the final three. And the reason I'm separating this up into four parts, instead of giving you all 12 of them at once is because they can be rather heady. It can be a lot of information to kind of take in much less actually integrate, right? And you know some of the podcast episodes that i've listened to in the past or even youtube videos where the creators just kind of you know run through all 12 of them at once while it's beneficial i suppose to hear them all at one time but it's easier for me personally to digest things in smaller more manageable chunks plus i want to go a little bit deeper into the explanation of each law So if I did all of that in one episode, then it would literally, we'd be here for like four hours, guys, like part one with like 40 minutes. Okay. So I don't know how long this one is yet. Obviously I'm recording it right now. Um, so I want to do each of these laws justice, um, and, and give them the space that they need to explain them in the way that I understand them at this moment. Okay. So Go back to part one if you haven't listened to it so you can learn all about those first three that we covered and then meet me back here next week and the week after that to follow or to go over the final six. So, like I said, today, we're going to go over the law of attraction, the law of inspired action, and the law of perpetual transmutation of energy. Before we dive into that, just a brief overview of what the laws themselves are. The 12 universal laws are thought to be intrinsic, unchanging laws of our universe that ancient cultures have always intuitively known. Uh, The laws are often associated with Ho'oponopono, a meditation for freedom originating in ancient Hawaiian culture. Uh, some of the laws, however, are also attributed to hermetic philosophy, going back all the way to ancient Egypt. Um, and, you know, they all kind of focus around this concept or this idea of mastering your life with love and with joy. And I personally am familiar with each of these laws, however, just for Organization's sake, I am referencing an article from Mind Body Green that I will link for you in the show notes if you want to just kind of dive in at your own pace instead of waiting on me to go over each of the 12 laws individually. Okay, let us begin, friends. All right, the the fourth law, and again, these are not in any particular order. It's just how they're presented in this particular article. So the fourth law, and again, likely the most widely known and simultaneously widely misunderstood law, is the law of attraction, okay? Undoubtedly, the most talked about universal law, the law of attraction, is often used for manifestation. Spoiler, all of these laws contribute to manifestation, okay? It says that like attracts like and you get what you focus on. Not only that, but you have to believe what you're seeking is possible to obtain. It's similar to the law of vibration in this way. It's important to learn how to vibrate at a level that attracts what you're seeking. So in last week's episode, I kind of explained that the law of of attraction is essentially the law of vibration in action, right? The law of vibration says that everything has a vibration. Everything has a frequency. And that's basically the entire law. Now, the law of attraction is the application of that law. All right. So the article suggests to apply it if you want love, but do not give love. For example, you're sending the universe a message about your priorities. If you repeat an affirmation, but don't believe what you're saying, it's useless. When you focus on what you want versus on what you don't want, it will show up in your life. So let's unpack this. Let's talk about the law of attraction. So in a nutshell, the law of attraction says that like attracts like, right? And that is specifically in terms of similar frequencies, right? So if you are vibrating at a particular frequency and your frequency, again, this is why it's important to go back to the first episode, your frequency is created by your thoughts, your emotions, your beliefs, the stories that you have on loop in your mind, either consciously or unconsciously. This is why I personally believe, and there are a lot of you know schools of philosophy that back this up. We as humans attract the shitty circumstances into our lives. That does not mean we are to blame for them. Again, I unpack all of this in the first episode to so go back to that part one. That does not mean we are to blame for the shitty circumstances, because often it is an unconscious part of us that is manifesting said shitty circumstances, unconscious, meaning we're unaware of it. We don't fucking know what's going on. Right. So again, we cannot be held responsible for that. We don't know what we don't know. We, we can't see what we can't see. So I'm not saying that if you're experiencing a shitty circumstance in your life, that you're to blame for that. I am, however, saying that there is a high likelihood that you have an unconscious story on loop somewhere that likely attracted that experience into your life. And that is based on my understanding and application of these 12 laws. Okay. So... If you're experiencing things in your life right now that you do not desire, you keep attracting the same kind of partner over and over and over again. You keep attracting the same kind of financial experiences over and over and over again. You keep attracting the same kind of clients into your business over and over and over again and you feel like you're living on this hamster wheel just you know receiving the same experiences over and over and over and over and over again. It's not because the universe hates you. It's not because you're a shitty human. It's not because the world is out to get you. It's because you are vibrating at a frequency that is a match for those experiences. And again, that vibration that is then being, that's being ultimately created by your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your beliefs, it may very well be, and likely is at this point in time, unconscious. So again, you're not to blame it's not your fault but once you have this awareness it is your responsibility to then make a shift that changes your frequency that will create a different experience of reality right so if you you know go and I, i've never watched the secret if i'm being completely honest it's never really called to me um but the secret was kind of the gateway to the world learning about the law of attraction Um, So if you're interested in diving more deeply into the law of attraction, then maybe go watch that. I don't know. Uh, Check out some some content creators and teachers on YouTube for sure. There's some great people out there teaching on this, but that's the basics of it is, you know, you are going to attract into your reality what you believe to be true, what you think, what you feel, what you vibrate. That is what and, you know, again, it's not that the world's out to get you. It's not the, the universe hates you. The universe is simply responding to you. The universe and these laws of the universe are some of the most fair things in in the universe because it's it's so deeply objective like it's the universe isn't favoring other people over other people. It's not. It's responding to the vibration that's being put out into the universe. And if you want to take this on a much larger scale now, well, Logan, why are some people starving? Why are some why why is this happening? Why do people suffer? Why, like, are those people attracting those experiences into their life? Okay. A couple of things here, it's probably a conversation that not everyone is ready to have. Um, yes. Yes. And uh again, It's likely because there is some unconscious story or belief system deeply rooted in who they are, likely passed down generationally that is still on loop, that is perpetuating that experience. And again, go back to part one, when we talked about the law of divine oneness. And the only reason the illusion of separation exists is because at the beginning of time, Source decided to split off from itself to experience itself. And it's experiencing itself in all of these different forms, all of these different ways, including lower vibrational ways, right? And that manifests collectively... As if this is my opinion. All right. You can call bullshit all you want, but there is, there's the individual conscience, right? Or conscious, excuse me. There's the individual conscious, which is mine, yours, whomever. And then there's the collective conscious that is established on a set belief system. Right. And in certain instances, the the experiences of of you know starvation, of of war, of, of all of these things, those are a manifestation of collective consciousness, not necessarily individual consciousness. However, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of individual consciousnesses have to come together to formulate a collective conscious or consciousness, excuse me. I keep wanting to say conscience, which is not the same as conch con. You know, you ever say a word over and over and over again, so many times that it, it stops sounding right in your head. That's where I am right now. and <laughs> It's kind of making it hard for me to say conscious, conscious, conscious. Okay. So I hope that makes sense. Uh, again, I'm not saying any of these people who are experiencing any of these horrible things are necessarily to blame for those experiences. I'm just saying that on an individual and a collective level, there is a consciousness that is perpetuating those belief systems, which is the only reason why those experiences are able to manifest in 3D reality, okay? And it's based on these laws of the universe, specifically the law of vibration, the law of correspondence, the law of attraction. If you assume that there is a certain group of people, if enough of collective consciousness assumes that a group of people is supposed to or will have a certain experience of life, that's really, really powerful. Like that's incredibly powerful. And oftentimes it's powerful enough for that terrible experience to manifest and to perpetuate for a really, really long time. This is why we say when one heals, we all heal. Because when one individual consciousness heals, that it's making a different contribution to collective consciousness. So when a lot of individual souls and consciousnesses heal, which is what's happening on a mass scale right now, the collective begins to shift and we begin to see different experiences in the 3d reality now i'm not saying that if enough of us wake up in this lifetime that will cure world hunger it could happen i don't fucking know um but i i'm i'm just it it can take time for these things to catch up you know it can it, it can take time to really catch that wave of momentum so we might not see that reality shift in our in this lifetime right um But certainly, hopefully in generations to come, as more souls incarnate into this life and and more people wake up and wake up and wake up, hopefully we do at some point get to a place where that's not a thing anymore. But again, if we're going back to the idea that all of us only exist because source decided to split off from itself to experience itself, then the argument can be made like source still wants to have those experiences. And, you know. Again, another hard conversation, but I am also of the belief system that some souls agree to certain circumstances and situations in this lifetime. I believe that we all sign soul contracts, maybe not physically like signing on the dotted line, right? But I do believe that all of us make certain agreements before we incarnate into this lifetime. And, um, you know, I, I do believe that sometimes souls agree to go into terrible experiences for their own soul evolution for their own karmic relief um you know i that's just part of my belief system. You don't have to agree with that. Uh, But just based on, you know, the things that I've studied and things that I know and have learned um, that's part of what I believe to be true. And it also gives me a lot of peace when I'm thinking about things like why do children get cancer and, you know, things that we just can't really make sense of like our human brains don't want to accept that those things happen. It gives me so much peace in knowing maybe that little soul agreed to that Long before it incarnated, long before the physical manifestation of it. And if it ends up passing at an early stage, right, something that our human brain sees as awful, right, which rightfully so, maybe that was just a karmic relief for that soul that, you know, we have no concept of. Even that soul in its, present embodied 3d form maybe it doesn't even have that recollection right but on a soul level the soul remembers and the soul is the one that's going to continue to go on and have that karmic relief so I've digressed greatly at this point, Um, but the gist of the law of attraction is that like attracts like, and if right now you don't like what you see in your 3D experience, again, go back to part one. Remember, the law of correspondence says that the 3D is just the reflection of what's going on internally. The 3D are the tire prints or the tire tracks and you are the car. So if you desire to have a higher vibrational experience externally, then you have to shift your vibration, shift your state internally first. That includes healing your trauma. That includes unpacking all of the limiting beliefs that you have. That includes, um, you know, to a certain extent, it's been my lived experience. uh, It's included, you know, abandoning certain quote unquote normal things, uh, you know, conditioning from our culture, from our family, from society, abandoning some of those. So in some instances, maybe even in this podcast episode right now, I appear to be a fucking nut job, <laughs> but really it's a byproduct of knowing what I know and learning what I've learned over the last several years. So, that's that I, I'm not a huge fan of the law of attraction for this point right here. It's not that simple to just raise your vibe. It goes so much deeper. And it's really about looking at what you believe to be true about yourself, who you are, what you're capable of, what's available to you in this lifetime. And if you have a low self-concept, meaning your identity is attached to things like separation, things like scarcity, things like fear, then that is what you are ultimately going to be sending out vibrationally into the universe. And it's also what you are going to receive in return. So what does that look like tangibly? You're going to see a lot of fear in your reality. You are going to see a lot of scarcity and lack in your reality. Sometimes, oftentimes, that's all you're going to be able to see. So it it really comes down to, for me personally, it was about looking at my life and being like, fuck, I don't, I, I keep manifesting this experience over and over and over and over and over again. Why, why am I consistently a vibrational match for that particular experience? And what do I need to do internally to shift my state? So I stop being a vibrational match for that particular experience and start being a vibrational match for a different experience, one that I actually desire to have. Right, so don't be fooled. And if you feel gaslit by people saying just raise their vibe, just be happy and feel good all the time, then sis, me too, me too. Because for a long time, I thought something was wrong with me because I couldn't constantly just be this bubbly, little cheerful, happy-go-lucky, you know, person. That's first of all, that's just not who the fuck I am. Uh, if you know me, then you know uh, that's not who the fuck I am. Plus, human, I'm a fucking human, and sometimes. I don't feel good. Sometimes I don't want to just, you, you know, like h- human being a human. Um, and there's a lot of misconception around the idea that you have to be quote unquote high vibe in order all the time in order to manifest quote unquote high vibe experiences. And for me, it's not about being high vibe. Also taking into consideration what you consider to be high vibe. For me, high vibe always meant happy, happy bubbly, excited, like think cheerleader, <laughs> like think valley girl, like think just, oh, like just all of those things. And that's not true. Uh, that is not ultimately true. So uh, if if we want to go deeper on this in another podcast, please let me know, like for real, for real, let me know, send me a DM. Uh, otherwise I won't do it. <laughs> um, but if you would like to go d- more in depth on any of these laws, then please let me know. And I'm more than happy to do so. Otherwise we are going to keep chugging along. And go to the next one so this is law number five again in no particular order just as they're being presented in this article that i'm referencing the law of inspired action the law of inspired action i don't know where that came from uh but closely related to the law of attraction the law of inspired action is all about taking those real actionable steps to invite what we want into our lives often the inspiration comes from within inspired action is that gentle internal nudge it's not always a plan of action okay uh, how to apply it. Practicing this law is all about slowing down, getting quiet and creating space for internal guidance. When we let go of our need to arrange and control how things will work out and are instead open to all possibilities, it makes room for new ways of achieving the goals that we might not have considered otherwise. So I feel like uh, if there's a second law, maybe you weren't uh, familiar with the, the the term, the law of inspired action, but if there is a second idea that is most popular in terms of all 12 of these laws, it is going to be this idea of inspired action, in my opinion, right? So I hear a fuck ton about the law of attraction. And then right under that, I hear a fuck ton about taking inspired action, taking inspired action. You got to take inspired action, take inspired action, blah, 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 blah. Again, there's a lot of misconception around this. What even is inspired action? And for me, for a long time, it meant like micromanaging and just obsessively doing, like doing so fucking much to control outside circumstances, to control outcomes, right? And that is not, that is not the law of inspired action, fam, okay? We are not taking action compulsively, obsessively, non-fucking-stop with the intention of controlling the outside world, because remember the outside world is just a reflection of what you believe to be true on the inside. So if you believe that you have to take action in order to control the outcome, then you're just going to be on this perpetual hamster wheel of trying to control outcomes, trying to control circumstances and situations, and you're never going to get fucking anywhere, right? So we're not taking action to control and manipulate circumstances and outcomes. We are taking action because we are inspired from some kind of internal source for me personally, it's a connection to God, whatever the fuck language resonates with you. It's just this. I'm so deeply connected to the vision that I have for my life and to the knowing that it is mine. Right. And again, we can go, there's so much, there's so many layers here, you guys, so many fucking layers. Um, So the inspired action comings comes from knowing that the thing that you're taking the action towards is already fucking yours. The inspired action comes from this place of law of correspondence and or law of assumption work calls being in the wish fulfilled. It's being vibrationally, energetically in this space of knowing the thing is already mine. The thing is already mine. The thing is already yours for two reasons. One, it exists in some timeline in somewhere, right? Because infinite possibilities exist, on like at all times in 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 this right now, now now moment in every now moment infinite possibilities exist the thing that you desire already fucking exists somewhere in space and time it just does not happen to be physically here in your current space and time okay so that's the first reason why the thing is already yours because it already fucking exists you already have the desire in you it is already yours the second reason it is already yours is because you don't actually want the fucking thing like you don't actually want the fucking money you don't. You actually want the fucking partner. You don't actually want any of these material things because they don't mean anything. You want the emotional experience of what you believe the thing is going to bring into your reality. Safety, security, love, uh, admiration, uh, whatever the fuck, whatever. All of these are emotions and you have access to every single fucking emotion known to humanity, known to man. Available to you in every single given moment, and the second you give yourself permission to experience those emotions, regardless of what's going on in the 3D, and um, your, your manifestation happens. When people say instant manifestation, that's what they fucking mean. They don't mean like poof, the thing is here. They mean poof, you finally gave your permission yourself permission to feel. Uh, the emotion that you have tied to having the thing that is the instant manifestation. And it's that energy from which we take the aligned action. How do you get there, Logan? Well, I'm so glad you asked. You use your fucking imagination, right? I get a lesson on imagination every goddamn day from my toddlers. Okay. They will straight up look at me and tell me some off the wall bullshit shit that is like my logical brain is instantly like, no, bitch, that's not true. That's not real. We live in reality. That's not real. But, you know, it's this invitation like to them. It is real because when we're toddlers, we are so entrenched and dripping in imagination, in creativity, in play. Right. And at some point we outgrow that. I think that's all part of the fucking agenda. If I'm being really honest, uh, the, the pub public school system basically beats it out of us <laughs> and, you know, puts in place a uh, structure and rigidity and logic and analytics and all these things. And we're taught that that's what grownups do, right? Grownups are realistic. Grownups analyze things. Grownups use logic. Well, the vast majority of grownups are also fucking miserable. So let's try something else. All right. Let's try something else. Shall we? So it, it and I, I just recently watched, um, a YouTube video about this from another creator. Uh, I'm blanking on her name now. Ah, oh, fuck. I want to give her, I want to give her, I'll link her. Maybe I'll link her here too. I can't remember her name. Uh, manifest with Missy manifest with Missy. That's what it is. Um, but, uh, talking about spending more time in your imagination than you do in your 3D reality experience and that doesn't mean we like blow off work and don't feed our kids and and all of that shit it just means the way she explained it it means like entertaining the possibility of a pleasurable a pleasurable outcome more often than entertaining the idea of a not pleasurable outcome so it's really easy for us to think worst case scenario like Show of hands, how many of you? It's so easy for your brain to go to the worst case scenario in any situation, right? That's you living in the wish fulfilled of the worst case scenario. So, the way we kind of flip this on our head, instead of envisioning and imagining the worst case scenario, why don't you envision and imagine the absolute best case scenario? Why don't you pour your attention and your energy into that? probable outcome because that is just as probable as the worst case scenario the only problem is our logical analytical ego driven mind doesn't think so right that's the mind the grown up mind the adult mind um refuses to believe That, you know, things could actually really work out really, really beautifully and really well. Uh, Instead, it would like to assume and have us assume and thereby create uh, a lived experience that affirms worst case scenarios, right? So... This, this idea, the, the law of inspired action is about assuming best case scenario. It's about assuming, getting into the wish fulfilled, feeling what it would be like to already have the thing. And maybe you do this through meditation. Maybe, maybe you do this through journaling, affirmation, uh, movement, whatever works best for you, whatever technique works for you. You get into that particular state, right? What does it actually feel like in your body to already have all of the money that you need. It feels like safety. It feels like security. It feels like stability. What does it feel like to already be in that relationship with that particular partner? It feels like love. It feels like acceptance. It feels like devotion. What does it feel like to already have the healthy body that you want? It feels like strength. It feels like energy. It feels like vitality. It's about creating those emotional, because remember, these are all emotions. It's about creating those emotional experiences in your body right now. Again, that is is an instant manifestation, not poof, the thing is here, but poof, the feeling is here, right? So giving yourself the gift of an instant manifestation, being in that state, and then taking action from that place. If you're taking action from desperation, taking action, doing the thing, because you're, you, you're attached to the idea that you don't already have it, then you're just going to perpetuate you're not having it. But if you take the action, you do the thing from the space of I've already got it. And this is just what I do naturally because I've already got it. Then you are more of a vibrational match for the thing. Does that make sense? So the law of inspired action isn't about doing for the sake of doing. It's about doing from a place of knowing. It is already done. So you are moving with certainty. You are moving with purpose. You are moving with faith. You are taking the divine inspired action. I hope that makes sense. Alrighty, moving right along to our sixth and final law for today's episode, the law of perpetual transmutation of energy. That makes me sound really smart. I just love it. I mean, I am really smart, but perpetual transmutation of energy, like drop that at your next gathering, Like, I'm just, I'm just considering, you know, the law of a perpetual transmutation of energy. That's all, that's all like, just drop it and leave it and let it lay there. And I promise you people are gonna be like, the fuck, she's so smart. What What? I'm just kidding. I don't know if that'll happen or not, but you know, it's worth trying. Okay. So this law states that on an energetic level, Everything in the universe is constantly evolving or fluctuating. Every action is preceded by a thought with thoughts themselves having the power to eventually manifest in your physical reality. Ever been around a negative person and felt your own positivity depleting? That's one example, but it can also work the other way around. Higher frequencies transmute lower ones when applied with intention. So how do we apply this law? Knowing this, we can actively seek to uplift negative energy around us by maintaining positive thoughts and actions. That sounds really buzzy and gaslighty to me. Uh, So let's let's unpack this. The law of perpetual transmutation to me, the way I make sense of this in my mind is with the phrase energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just changes form. Uh, I learned that in school at a very young age. Uh, I didn't at that time, I didn't have the context of the universal laws or, or anything like that. Um, but it just always just stu- stuck with me like, okay, that's cool. Like everything is energy. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just changes form. And it's true. Like you can look around, like look at food, like you literally eat, say you eat a cheeseburger. We all know what that turns into, right? And <laughs> eventually after it goes through the digestive system, it's going to come out and it will have changed forms. <laughs> you know, it's poop. It's poop guys. I'm talking about poop. Um, I, I mean, anything like I'm sitting in front of a bookcase full of books. If I were to set that shit on fire through the process of alchemy with, you know, air and, and heat and, and all of those things, all of these books would transform into ash, which I, I mean, I don't know where they go after that, but they go somewhere. So nothing, Energy is neither created nor destroyed. It is just, it just changes form. And again, remember your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your beliefs, everything is energy. Everything is energy. Everything is energy. Everything is energy. And, you know, again, with this example, you know, say you you start your day, you wake up, you feel great, you do your affirmations, you do your meditation, you do, you do a workout, you drink some water, you have a really nutritious nutritious breakfast, you're feeling really good. Then you go into work and the, you know, office negative Nancy comes around and she starts spewing her bullshit like, ah, I hate working here. This fucking sucks. This place, blah, 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 blah. And before you know it, If you're not aware of this law, the law of perpetual transmutation of energy, it will be very easy for you to take on her energetic state and thereby lower your frequency, right? And going back to the law of vibration, everything is vibing y'all and the law of attraction, you are going to attract more of what you were vibing at. If you allow her negativity to pull your, you know, higher vibrational state down, if you calibrate down to her vibration, then you're setting yourself up for a shitty day. Your morning might have been fantastic, but the rest of your day is going to be complete shit because you chose in that moment to calibrate down. Alternatively, you can choose to hold your fucking ground when negative Nancy comes around. And you can say, you know what? I actually really love this job. Like, this is a great place to work. We have great benefits. Employment's fantastic. Like, I, I really enjoy being here. And you basically give her the invitation. At that point, the ball is in her court, and she can choose to either stay where she is or calibrate up right? Either way, the energy that she is holding is not going to be created nor destroyed in that moment. It is just, it can either maintain and sustain, or it can transform and uplift. And she can choose to take on a, a more positive mindset, right? So best case scenario in this, she's like negative Nancy hears you and is like, you know what, I guess, I guess you're right. It's not that bad. And, you know, I, I had a really great experience with a customer yesterday and you know, I got a raise last week and, you know, things things are are pretty good here. You know, I am really grateful to be here. And in that moment, you have seen alchemy happen. You have seen the law of perpetual transmutation of energy work for the positive, right? You have chosen to hold your ground, to lock in your energetic state, and Negative Nancy chose to calibrate to that. Right? So in any given moment, you're either calibrating up or calibrating down or matching the energy in the room, right? Sustaining the energy in the room, the energy in the interaction with another human being with a particular circumstance, either way, just understand, understand that this is happening. This law is always happening. The perpetual transmutation of energy. And you get to choose how you are going to allow it to play out in your life. Are you going to choose to calibrate up, calibrate down or sustain? Either way, that energy is not, it's not going anywhere. Nothing's being created. Nothing's being destroyed. Everything is always constantly just changing form, which is an interesting take because I know I personally like to refer to myself and all humans as co-creators. Of our lived experience, of our reality, but really, based on the law of perpetual transmutation of energy, we are not creating anything. The energy already exists. We are simply utilizing alchemy to transform it, to transmute it into what we desire for it to be. Right? So we're not creating anything, <laughs> we're calibrating to a different frequency. And in doing so, quote unquote, creating or co-creating a different experience. But really, there's no creation from nothingness happening. It's just the intentional transmutation and transformation of energy from one state to another of your negative thoughts, low vibrational frequencies, um, low vibrational emotions, your transmutation of those to a higher state which then creates or transmutes, transforms your reality to a higher state reality. Does this make sense? So if, you know, the idea of being a co-creator feels really heavy, like, oh my goodness, I'm creating something from nothing. You're not, you're not. You're using this law, the law of perpetual transmutation of energy to simply alchemize and transform energy from one state to another which feels really, really powerful, right? It feels really, really powerful. So, okay, family, let's go ahead and do a quick recap. Today, we covered the law of attraction, which states that like attracts like, right? And uh, don't be fooled. It's not the easiest thing in the world to just raise your vibration, right? If anything, I personally believe we are healing our vibration, Um, But this law does state that you are an energetic match or whatever you're an energetic match for is what you're going to experience in your lived experience. So it's really important that we take an honest inventory of what our life looks like right now and, um, you know, what areas we don't love and how we have something going on either consciously or unconsciously that is contributing to and attracting those experiences into our life. Again, if it's an unconscious program, you are not to be blamed for any, you know, unpleasant situations that you're experiencing in your life. You are not to be blamed, but does that, that does not mean there is not still some unconscious program or paradigm that's going on making you a vibrational match for those experiences. Okay. And once you have this awareness, you might not have been to blame for the shitty experience, but you are responsible for shifting your state. So you can, you can call in and calibrate to something else. Uh, Next, we did the law of inspired action, which is all about taking the tangible steps towards helping that which you desire to manifest into the 3D, right? And remember, we're not taking this action from a place of I have to take the action so I can, you know, manipulate outcomes and circumstances. It's I'm taking this action. Because I am so rooted in the truth uh, of who I am and and what I'm capable of and what I'm here to experience that the action is just natural, right? I'm not taking this action to control, manipulate or anything like that. I'm taking this action because I desire to, because it's, it's just who I am, right? And then lastly, the law of perpetual transmutation of energy that states energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just changes form. So you are not necessarily a co-creator in the literal sense. You are someone who um, is incredibly powerful when you choose to be at alchemizing energy to design a different experience of reality, taking something, energy from one state to a new state. That's what we're doing here with all of this information. Okay. So this is the end of part two, right? So I encourage you, especially if you're feeling a little overwhelmed with all this information, because there's a lot of information. So I'm breaking it up into four parts, go back, re-listen to part one, and then come back and re-listen to part two. And when you're feeling really solid in both of those, then join me for part three. Okay. And the whole goal that, that I have For this series, one, obviously to teach you about the laws of the universe, because they've been so formative for me, um, in my life, but it's also to give you the foundation to help you create a personal value system that is in alignment with these, right? Um, so that you can begin to live in alignment as as opposed to in opposition with the universe. Because when you live in alignment with the universe, you really tap in and reclaim that vital life force energy within yourself, because you're not doing all these things in opposition to the universe, which then drain you of that vital life force energy. You are actively reclaiming and cultivating more vital life force energy Living in alignment with the universe, which then gives you the power to design, co create, manifest the life that you actually desire to live. So That is my hope here. So make sure that these are really sinking in and that you're integrating the lessons. And this isn't just another podcast episode that you haphazardly halfway listen to. And then you move on and you're like, oh, it didn't work. The 12 laws of the universe are bullshit, blah, 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 blah. No, they're they're really not. Um, (laughs) There are thousands and thousands and thousands of years of philosophy to prove that they are very legitimate. It's just uh, a question of, are you actually applying them? are you actually listening? Are you actually hearing? Are you actually integrating and embodying? Because there, that that's, that's the sweet spot right there, y'all. So I hope you enjoyed this. If you did, please share, 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 tag me and all of the things so I can celebrate you and send you love and gratitude. I'm sending you love and gratitude anyway. Thank you so much for joining me here, being here um, and allowing me to share this wisdom with you. And uh, yeah, so just share Check the show notes for all of the links to all of the things and all the places, see how we can connect further together. And uh, I'll catch you next week for part three. I love you guys.